We are back in Coralville, Iowa once again, and that means that I get to run into one of my great friends in the ECHL. You may remember him as the former voice of the Reading Royals. He's now with the Iowa Heartlanders. It is David Fine, and Finer, I talked with Brian McKenna last time we were in town. You guys have quite the city here in Coralville. What's it been like to start things off with a brand new team? Well, it's been amazing from the quality of life perspective. Extreme Arena for the Wheeling fans that haven't had a chance to make it out here. Um, it's set in a brand new arena district with 12 restaurants, 15 shops. There's like five, six hotels, 3,000 hotel rooms within a square mile of the arena. Um, so you get a lot of people from out of town stopping in. And we hope that, you know, those people that are coming in are going to come to, you know, our restaurants and come to our shops and then come to a hockey game at 7 p.m. Uh, the affiliation with the Minnesota Wild has been excellent so far. And then I'd say lastly, Deej, is this is a growing area like the, the Iowa City, Iowa City football stadium, Kinnick Stadium, is a mile and a half from the arena. And not only that, and the university and all the students, and, you know, the, the population is growing here. Uh, Tiffin and North Liberty and then Coralville itself have all tripled sizes in the last two decades. So it's been rewarding from that perspective to move to an area that's sort of on the rise and the difference between this arena and like other arena projects is that these restaurants and shops and hotels and condos were all here before the team got here um, and before the arena was built. So this is kind of the finishing touch piece of it all, which makes it fun. And you know that you're part of the first, like this is the first professional hockey team ever in Iowa City, Coralville. With the Toledo with the walleye and the storm, they already had hockey there before. Since he had the Swords and the Mighty Ducks and all these other teams that have been in there. Te- and, you know, Kalamazoo had various renditions as well. This is the first time people in Iowa City have ever, ever had a hockey team here, ever. So that makes it fun to kind of bring the game to them and teach them what icing is and offside is as well. Kind of sounds like when Wheeling first started in 1992, a little bit with the Thunderbirds. They had a youth hockey program, but really getting that first true test with the pro team. And I know you mentioned the University of Iowa is right around the corner here. They just had their football game at Nebraska, and a lot of the eyeballs were on that. There has been hockey in the area, though, with junior hockey, the USHL, the Iowa Wild aren't too far away. Has it been a big teaching process these first couple of months to kind of get people into the mindset? I think it's, I think it's both because... What the fans here are starting to realize is that we're run like a professional hockey team, not like a junior hockey team. We have people staffed in every role at a high level ready to execute in a veteran staff. And the staff didn't really come in place until August. So what we're expecting here is around December and January is when the crowds are really going to pick up because that's when we will have our fully fleshed out promotional ideas that are able to you know start affecting with the groups and the tickets so that is the model that we have in place and it happens to coincide ding 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 with the end of college football so there's a reason why we've taken this approach junior hockey in this area has had history for decades it helps us in the sense that a lot of people have been to a rough riders game or been to a waterloo blackhawks game or been to a debut game but the people that have come to a professional hockey game from what i've heard have been like oh i see the difference in the quality of the level you're not dealing with a 17 year old that just learned what it means to be you know an f2 on the four check you're dealing with guys that did that 10 years ago and are you know high-end professional athletes 
Let's look at the team on the ice this year, an expansion team. And for a lot of it, it kind of feels that way with a lot of players who are in their first pro seasons or maybe have played just a little bit of experience in the past. What's it been like to see this team get put together and then translate on the ice? Yeah, and it, w it was a process where Jerry Fleming, the head coach, was officially announced in July. And I think about the Worcester Railers, they made the playoffs in their first year on the North Division. That was Wheeling's last year in the North Division, if I'm remembering right, in 17-18. They, remember, they had their head coach in place a year plus before. Jamie Russell was there a year plus before. Like, he was in Elmira, I think, and then took a year off or whatever it was and then, you know, went to Worcester. Um, and he had a year to build the team. Like, Jerry had two and a half, sort of three months before training camp. So, in that respect... That combined with the fact that a lot of guys returned for their fifth season of NCAA with COVID presented a unique challenge for Jerry. And I think to have the team where it's at right now, you know, hanging in there in the division like the record, if it was six and six like you guys coming into play, then it would be fantastic. But hanging in there right now and um, a lot of inexperienced faces, but he's built a good, like, the ca I, I'm not, I don't know how the wins are going to shake out at the end of the year, but it's a really good character group. The guys are easy to talk to. They're excited to be here. They like living here. They want to make this special. They come to us and like, we should do this for tickets and this and this. And they're like, they're into that type of stuff, which has made it fun and rewarding as well to get to know them from that perspective. You and I were talking this morning and there's a fun connection. The fans love to get to know the players on a personal level. The Nailers used to have Yoshiro Hirano. Iowa has Yuki Miura. Those two guys end up being really good friends. They're both Japanese natives. They both played on Japan's international teams. What's he been like to have here? So it's funny because he was here in training camp. And then because of COVID, the immigration was pending because he was a tryout contract and he hadn't had quite everything cinched up with immigration. Well, normally non-COVID, he could go into Canada and get it done and then come right back to the United States. However, because of the situation, basically, he had to fly back to Japan, and because of Japan's more stringent COVID rules, not like the United States, he had to quarantine for 14 days upon arrival and then schedule his meeting at the consulate in Tokyo. So that's why he wasn't on the opening night roster, because the immigration was pending. Now, since he's come back, he, he took a, like, just think about this. He was in Japan, it would have been seven day, eight days ago, today, Friday. He left at like 6 p.m. at Tokyo time Thursday and landed 4 p.m. Detroit time and then took an hour. His buddy from Lake State was in Detroit and drove him an hour. And he showed up in the locker room in Toledo. He wanted to meet us there. He was waiting outside the door, you know, there in Toledo where you walk in in the uh, loading dock. And he had like the biggest smile on his face. Like this was the great, like the greatest thing that he just took a, a 12, 14 hour flight, had his buddy drive him and he was part of the team. Um, his play last weekend, he was probably our best player, arguably, especially in the Toledo series and where we uh, did not play well those two games. And it's like this guy was just in Japan like 48 hours ago. Like what the heck is – and he, he has described it to our beat reporters and to myself that he learned in college because he's not the most skilled guy. But he – and he's kind of small. He's like 5'11", like 175, and it's kind of undersized for pro hockey. But – he needs to be tenacious and he's really he learned that in college that if he is not tenacious he wouldn't make it because he was he didn't have mcdavid level skill set 
And starting after his sophomore year, he said he's like, oh, I, I started to get it, what it meant to play a tenacious, hardworking mindset. And I think it's rubbed off on the guys, and he's now on the top line. A week, Eight days ago, he was in Tokyo, and he's on the top line now. And we weren't expecting him when he came to training camp maybe to even make the team. Chris Bennett's your leading scorer. Is that something you expected with the strong play he had at UNB? Yeah, he, he's fast. Um, probably one of the fastest guys in the division. Um, he took 12 shots last game. It felt like he took 20. Um, and maybe he tried 20 on net. I mean, the team racked up 51. He is a, I mean, he's listed as a rookie, but I mean, he played in Stockton last year. So he might win rookie of the month on the nomination form that we will fill out at the end of this month, as we all do. And he's really not a rookie. Like he played in Calgary last year for the Stockton Heat because of the border and the and COVID being close. He was playing in an NHL building last year. Um, he's been a winner at every level going back to when he was in junior, even before, you know, going to UNB and he won a national championship there with the old varsity Reds. So it's probably our best player offensively. We talked about it at the very beginning. Reading last year or two years ago now, Iowa now, going from the east to the central. What's your biggest thing that's jumped out at you now that you're seeing Cincinnati, Toledo, Fort Wayne, Indy, KZU on a regular basis? You saw us a ton as it was with Reading, but now you're seeing the rest of what we saw on a regular basis. Yeah, the, the buildings are a little bit nicer. Uh, compa like, comparatively, there's more of a hockey tradition steeped in those communities over decades and minor league hockey, um, as opposed to, oh, you know, you're in Worcester. And yeah, they had the ice cats and I get all that, but like you're in Worcester and oh, like people from Boston might come to a game, you know, cause the Bruins and they know hockey from the Bruins and um, you know, that type of, and Reading, you know, obviously they've been there for 20 years. They have the flyers there. So people know the game, but there's a minor, a bigger minor league hockey tradition in the buildings. And then the division's just more experienced. Like there's more guys that are in their second or third year with that team. And it's a heavier division for sure than it was in the North where maybe a little bit more skill-based. Very good, Finer. I always appreciate a few minutes of your time, as well as some fantastic dining recommendations here in the Ohio River Landing. So thank you so much for that, and we'll have fun with a couple of games this weekend here in Coralville. I'm looking forward to it, Deej, and uh, best broadcast view, perhaps, in terms of view in the division. I'm not, not, you know, it could be a little bit wider in terms of the setup, but you definitely have one of the best views here, so hope you're describing it accurately. Very good. David Fine, the voice of the Iowa Heartlanders, on our intermission coverage tonight. More coming your way next on the Nailers Broadcast Network, presented by Main Street Bank.